All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Letting us talk again? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 60, part de. Part de. En français. Of course, today is a Woo. very special episode. It's the Bessalion episode, finally. It is the Sebastian Bessalion interview episode. This is massive for me, you guys. I'm so fucking excited. Tyler has been talking about Sebastian Bessalion for weeks now. And Months. we finally got him. We finally got him. He's excited too. It wouldn't have happened without our friends at Sherwood Ford. Actually, they hooked us up with Sebastian Basalion. Drew from Sherwood Ford. Go follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. Make sure to support the nation and Sherwood Ford team for Movember. I'm looking around the room and Dan doesn't look a whole lot different. No Shave November is raging on for him. Nick looks great with that handlebar mustache. His facial hair is almost taking over the... The mustache now. Are you going to clean everything up? Yeah, yeah, you're going to keep weekly. I think you should clean up weekly. Yeah, I think on it the really show. Good. Oh, we just get a shave <laughs> down, maybe? That's That'd fine. Be nice. The old ASMR. ASMR Sport Clips. They're a sponsor of two guys and a goalie. Get them down here. Absolutely. That's some synergy, brand synergy. Dan, what else is going on in Sherwood Ford this month? It is Tough a Truck Month. So you can uh, take down your toys to the uh, Sherwood Ford crew and they will fill up a truck. And then I believe we're going to fill up the nation truck and take it to the Strathcona. Uh, I want to say, I'm not going to say wrong. So they're going to take it to a worthy charity in Strathcona and they're going to fill up some hampers for, uh, for families that are in need this holiday season. You were doing some unloading this past week with our friends at Sherwood Ford. Tell us about that. So yeah. So last month you you remember if you've listened to the podcast that we scare October or we scare October, we scare hunger month in October. And, uh, yeah, so I went down with the, uh, the boys at Sherwood Ford to uh, Ford Hall, and we, we talked to some kids there that uh, all around the Edmonton area, they were collecting <laughs> up food, and, uh, and they collected 17,000 pounds of food for the food bank here in Edmonton, and uh, I got to meet one, Leon Dreisaitl, for just you a did. moment. Did you, you tell him you were from Oilers Nation? I did. I did. So the way it happened, David from Sherwood Ford set it all up. This was their event, so I wasn't going to bother Leon at all, but David's like, I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him. I was like, okay. So I started pulling off my hoodie and David asked him if it's okay if we take a photo. And then I'm like mid stripping down. And so Leon was very confused as to what was going on. Mm. Um, and I just explained that I have, I have a special shirt from Oilers nation on if it's okay. And he's like, yeah, man, whatever. And so he, <laughs> so he takes the photo with us and then he just goes off and does his own thing. Everybody was messaging me afterwards being uh, like, what's Leon like in person? I'm like, I don't know. He just, he said, yeah. he, so he didn't care. Happen. He wasn't like, Oh, that's a sweet shirt, man. No, he like, 
I think the sh- the shirt, the photo was absolutely perfect. The lighting was perfect. It was. Leon was probably just taken aback by the. You looked the great. Green. That's Thank the you. second Thank version you. of that shirt, but he had he sent home probably seven or eight of the first version. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Mandrick right. once uh, approached him in a uh, an establishment and showed him the shirt. We've okay. actually and had a few nation up. citizens send us pictures of them with the first flavor of neon Leon shirts. Taking pictures with them. Our goal right now has to be track down those um, James Neal friends that kept telling them about what was going on. Yeah. Because mm. they need some real Absolutely. steel shirts. No mm-hmm. doubt. Mm-hmm. Well, and a little teaser for all of you. There could be, in my opinion, a third flavor of Neon Leon shirts coming very shortly. Ooh, rumors. There That's is. exciting. Know what else is exciting, Tyler? Our interview with one Sebastian Bissalion. Absolutely. Who is, uh, let me type in the 47-digit French phone number right now, hit the call button on my phone, rack up some long-distance charges, and bring in our good Overseas friend. calling is available on request. To obtain this feature, please contact customer service <laughs> you by dialing star phone. 611. You screwed up. Star oh. 611. We're, just, we're, just, uh, we're, we're just, working we're, as we go here. We're taking should I ask him to call me? Scenes. I could Dial. Skype call him, right? Yeah. His number? Yep. You should be able to. We could also send out like a carrier pigeon and well, hope that it be kept in. This is a very professional podcast. Of this. Calls. If you yeah. don't know what Tyler does Gosh, for his day his job, number? he is actually a producer at a real radio station. I like I'm assuming that this happens all the time at TSN. Yes, yeah, so I got to go from Canada. What he's doing too. I got to go from Canada to France. Overseas recommend just trying random phone numbers and see if you can get in touch with Massalion. Is your toilet turned right? I think this is going to work. Oh my God. Nope, happening? that didn't sound healthy. That sounds like an international dial tone to me. Yeah, it is. Oh my. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, the different countries have different ones. All right, we have a Mary Browns pop-in brought to you by Mary Browns and their bite-sized morsels of 100% breast meat, chicken coated in Mary's seasoning, served hot, crispy, so yummy. You can even choose Thai for a kick of sweet heat. And our guest on the line from France. This is great. We're, we got a little bit of European flavor joining the podcast. Sebastian Bissalion, the former oiler. Sebastian, how's it going, man? I'm good. Thanks. How are you? Good, good. Uh, how's the season been going for you so far in France this year? So far, so good. We've got a good team again this year, and uh, we're going to try to uh, repeat what we did last year. We ended up winning last, uh, last year, so uh, we've got a pretty good team on paper again this year. And so far, we've uh, we've been doing well and started the year with the, um, the CHL, the Champions League. So we were part of that because because uh, we won uh, last year, and um, so we had a rough start playing those uh, those teams uh, from Finland, Sweden, and. Uh, we had burn from the Swiss league and um, other than that in our, in our league, we've, uh, we've been doing good. So, so far, so good. Since this is an Oilers podcast, I have to ask you, did you go up against Yessa Pugliarvi in that tournament? Yeah, actually we did. We played carpet. So uh, we, uh, we got to play against him and uh, I forget the kid's name. Uh, the first pick last year that the, the demon they got, uh, we so we played against them as well the, uh, against Shalito. Um Yeah, and uh, yeah, they're both pretty good. Obviously, yeah. I know there's a little bit of controversy with Fully um, RV, but it was pretty neat to play against them. A little might be underselling it. Uh, the first, the first topic I wanted to get to you. Uh, <laughs> Get to you with you played in the American Hockey League a lot. Going overseas to to France now, you've spent some time in Germany. Is what's the biggest difference between playing in the American League and getting into a pro league in France in terms of the style of play? Um, well, it's first it's a little hard to compare like the German league versus the French uh, French league, and like different countries, different leagues have different styles of play. Like if you let's say talking about Finland and Germany, for example, they're uh, they're somewhat similar to the style of hockey we play back home because um, it's pretty physical, a little more north south, and uh, there's other leagues where uh, they play a little more puck possession, uh, don't want to get rid of the puck, and uh, yeah, so I'd say the physicality for sure is not the same uh, as the game back home. And um, playing on the bigger, uh, bigger ice here, um, you don't have like uh, sort of like the mentality where any shot's a good shot and pretty much could be uh, 
a scoring chance. So sometimes you want to hang on to the puck a little more and try to get on the inside. Um, but I mean, hockey is hockey. <laughs> Stupid answer and a little boring, but um, yeah, less less physical play. Um, there's no fighting allowed. So guys, uh, some guys tend to. Uh, be a little tougher and they run around and talk a little more uh, when they get here. I'm sure they would have been more quiet playing at home. Um, but um, no, for the most part, I'm not saying there's no hitting, but it's definitely less physical and a little more puck possession. Okay. In, in general, so you'll have, obviously, you know, like I can't put all the countries, all the leagues, all the teams in the same boat, but in, in general, that's what you're going to see a little more. That's interesting to hear, Sebastian. I, I uh, as a guy that runs HockeyFights.com, I'm I'm curious to know. Like you, you said, uh, guys, you find they're a little bit. Uh, is, is there a little bit more kind of grease to the game, uh, or is it is it just a lot of a lot more smack talk and a lot more uh, toughness feel to the game? Is it w- which one is it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like <laughs> some guys. Would- we may have lost Sebastian. Oh, Tyler. My question was too hot. Tyler did not pay Are his phone bill. Are you not paying bill. your phone bill? <laughs> Tyler didn't pay his phone bill, and we lost Sebastian. Uh-huh. We are going to try to reconnect here, perhaps. Maybe we'll have to send uh, whoever Tyler's provider is some money. <laughs> it's Skype, man. It's not- you can blame I'm Skype all you want, out. Man. Don't worry. I'm going to raise you right. I'm going to teach you about paying your bills on. That's fascinating, though. His his minutes ran out. It is fascinating to hear. His phone card ran out. To hear without fighting from a perspective of a guy. Tyler needs to switch to a different burner. (laughs) This one's out of minutes. But it is neat to hear. I don't know if we're going to include this or not, but it is neat to hear that that a guy that, you know, came up in the AHL where guys are are able to fight and, and, uh, and still hold dudes accountable, but he's saying that, it ain't so much over there. How did it make you feel when you heard him say, "There's no fighting allowed over here"? Did you just have a little? It doesn't surprise me. But did you have? Did did, did a part of you just kind Lord. of cringe a bit then? Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I run a website you know, that, you, uh, you know that that. Oh yeah, no, I know that for sure. I just I, I didn't know that specifically about the league that he's yeah. in, but uh, but yeah, it is uh, it is fascinating to hear. Tell her, is what this is actually what happened? Happened? Tyler's oh pulling God. on his credit card right now. <laughs> oh As it turns out, he did not pay his bill. So we lost a guest on the Mary Brown's pop-in because Tyler does not pay his phone bill. Tyler, is this real? Are you paying your phone bill right now? This is real. He's adding, he's adding Skype credits. <laughs> Did you get like a free like five minutes to Skype and then that's it? Oh, oh no. no. Sebastian thinks that we were bored of him, I bet. Tyler. I can't wait to rat you out for not I'm paying your phone Sebastian. bill. I can't wait to I rat him out. Five bucks at a time. What? What kind of baby card you got there? I can only add $5 into Skype at a time. So we got a cards being processed, anti-spam, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so you're going to be it's adding minutes as we go? <laughs> all right. Let's try this again. I look forward to hearing how uh, Ross only trusts so, him with. Here so we go with milk. <laughs> yeah, Sebastian Bessalion, part deux, part deux. I'll get that hero Super back. fun. There you go. We oh, hey, sorry, man. We just uh, we lost connection there. Sebastian, the real story is that Tyler yeah, doesn't... Yeah, sorry about that. No, that's not your fault. The real story here is that Tyler doesn't pay his phone bill. That's such a lie. <laughs> oh, man, classic, classic. Yeah, I ran out of long distance minutes. Uh, so, so, sorry, you got interrupted answering my amazing question. Uh, I'll phrase it again for you. No, no, I, I was going to say, like, uh, there's nothing too crazy going on. Like, there's not a lot of cheap shots, but... It, it's just like sometimes if it does happen, I'm thinking like, okay, like if if fighting was allowed or if you were playing in whatever league back home, there for sure after looking up like guys on the lead prospects or whatever and the steps before games, like you like if a guy has like eight penalty minutes and you know, every year or whatever and the guy's running around and chirping guys all over the ice like you can do the math and figure out what's going on. You know, that's all I'm saying. And, uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm not, a, I'm not a fighter myself, you know, like, uh, I think, uh, I think fighting's good. I I don't think we, uh, that's another debate, but I don't think they should get rid of fighting in hockey. I, I, I like it. It's part of the game. 
Um, but by no means, I was, I was a fighter, you know, like uh, if it happened, it happened. But I, I remember being on the ice, like in, in the AHL, and there were like three, four, five, six guys that could beat the crap out of me. <laughs> so I wasn't going to go and run around and try to chirp those guys or whoever was on the ice. So there's there's a little bit of that in Europe, and if you if you do fight, then you're looking at you know ten plus ten plus two or whatever they feel like giving you that night. So uh, yeah, basically your game's a write off if you if you do fight. So it's not a whole lot of fighting and uh, a little bit of guys r- running around, but it's it's not too bad. I don't want to make it sound like it's uh, like it's a terrible thing. It just does happen a little bit. For an offensive defenseman like yourself, Sebastian, what was the biggest transition like, or the biggest lesson for you in terms of going from playing on the North American ice to the bigger ice over in Europe? Um, yeah, I think for for me, it wasn't about getting used to the size of the ice because I mean that was a few years ago. I, I I'm trying to think right uh, right now. Because I was going to say, like, uh, it took me a while to get used to the, the game in Germany, and then I came back to North America, then I went to Austria, and the, the game was a little different. But um, I'd say, in general, hockey as a whole changed in uh, in the last few years. And uh, you see, like, a lot of Ds getting more involved in the rush and in the offense, and uh, in the offensive zone, you don't uh, you don't hear like okay, you got to stay on the blue line and don't move or you know chip it off the glass or like sometimes it is the right play. But I'm uh, for 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 me, uh, I think it's about watching games on you know kind of a little hard with the time change, but watching the games in the NHL and seeing how the D's get involved and even on the the offensive cycle and. Um, if I want to stay relevant, I, cause I take pride in playing well defensively and I coming up through the system, I, 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 I learned how to play what I thought was the right way or at least the right way at the time. But, uh, I just want to keep evolving and, uh, it's more like in the last, I'd say like five years, you see like demon jumping in the rush even more and, uh, all the teams that we play against any league, uh, they they play well defensively. They always have the F three high, so you have to have like your one or both these jumping in the rush if you want to create some offense five on five. So I think for me the biggest adjustment was in the last few years, uh, five years or so, trying to uh, stay up to date with the game, trying to evolve, and uh, like I said, stay uh, relevant. You know. Looking through your your hockey DB list here, like there was a lot of different AHL cities for you. You mentioned going over to Europe at first. You bounced around to a few different leagues and places. How nice has it been for you personally to be in the same spot here for the last five years and just kind of be settled down a bit in your career? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a really good point. And uh, for years, I moved around and like not having a kid uh, or having one kid was much easier whether it was my choice to move on or the team not wanting to resign me, I did, uh, like you said, move uh, quite a bit. But now I've got three kids, uh, so it <laughs> makes things uh, a little harder to, to move from one city or one country to, to the other. Um, but not only it's nice to have some stability now, finally, and uh, been with this team here in Grenoble for five years, but it's uh, it's great to be here. It's a it's a great city. The rink's nice. We have good fans, and um, everything about the team, uh, from the ownership to the staff to my teammates, everything is. I, I couldn't be happier. So, uh, like I said, it, it's it's great to be uh, in one city year after year. But uh, to do it here is even better, and I wouldn't do it otherwise. Sebastian, you're you are our favorite number sixty Edmonton Oiler of all time. Just so you know, that's that's <laughs> the, the, the only one, eh? <laughs> no, no, you're you've you're one of two now. Marcus Grandland has it this year, and uh, he has not been making a good impression oh, early. Right. So I think you're safe. Well, we're curious. Did Marcus Grandland call you and ask you if it's okay to wear your number? 
Yeah, but he did offer to buy me a nice watch, so <laughs> I don't Okay, nice. Um, now there yeah. was there was the big the big event, Sebastian, with the uh, the end of Rexall, and um, our friend Drew at Sherwood Ford told us that you turned down that offer to to come to that. Do you do you feel like you're a part of the Oilers? Yeah. Like you're you're a part of our our lore, and we fans love you. And and your story was so unique because you you got the call up from Junior. Uh, an emergency call, and then I know, I know, you know, in your time in the AHL, you had you had some injury issues and and just bad timing with 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 a potential call up here or there. Um, do you feel like you're you're an Edmonton Oiler forever kind of thing, or or is it is it just kind of part of your part of your life that that you know you just keep going on with? You know, that's a pretty good question, and I I've never been asked that before. Um, I, I feel first to, to, to answer the comment about, uh, Rexall, I, for, for me, I, I played two games and, um, I'm really, uh, really grateful towards the organization because they gave me, uh, a chance. They offered me a contract. I got to play. Uh, in, the, in the NHL because of them I met my wife there have kids like everything happened uh, because of that because of them so I'm forever grateful um, but I and I, I've like over the years like I've got mixed feeling about the, the, the games that I played because I don't know if it's going to sound weird but it feels like awkward to me when I talk about it with guys or guys that I know that are better than me or would have deserved it more, I kind of like feel weird and awkward about it because I got called up from juniors and I didn't have to go through the grind uh, in, the, in, in, in the AHL to really earn and deserve that call up. So on one hand, I'm really, like I said, happy and grateful and I can't say I played two games. But at the same time, I I didn't fully earn the shot at playing in the NHL. And uh, about that night with Rexall, I, I could only put myself in like Gretzky's shoes or Messier or all the those legends. And if they see me rolling around the red carpet or whatever they had going on that night, looking at me and like, who's this pigeon, you know, like two games. And I, I don't know. I, I, I respect everyone that went I, I i get it it was a big event but i couldn't really see myself going there and um plus i i'm not a big fan of like huge crowds and stuff like that so i'd rather watch from the outside well personally i would say that i think you did earn it um you've played two more nhl goals than anybody sitting in on this pot or games than anybody sitting in on this podcast right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. I wouldn't, under, I wouldn't understand your, undersell your time here, my friend. My question for you, though, is what were those couple of days like for you in, in terms of getting the phone call from the Oilers that they needed you on the emergency basis? Like, what Can you describe and walk us through what that was like for you from getting the call to stepping on the ice for the first time in a National Hockey League rink? Yeah, it's funny because like, I almost feel like it didn't happen. But I do remember like little details about like everything and how it unfolded and stuff. And uh, basically, I was eating my pregame meal, getting ready to play our very last game of the regular season uh, back in Valdor. And um, my, my not that my English is perfect right now, but my English was atrocious back then. And um, I got a call from uh, Scott Housen. I think he was the assistant GM at yeah. the time. And uh, he's like, uh, yeah, uh, can you make it to Ottawa tonight and catch this flight at like 7.30 and uh, we might need you tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, okay, is that a joke? Is that, am I understanding everything? Cause, but, and I had like, I had nightmares about training camp because uh, some of my French buddies during training camp, they, Frank called me and uh, pretended like they were Kevin Lowe or something. Oh, and no. they're like, yeah, Savage. can you, can you tell your, cause I just got the contract offer from the, from the team. And uh, I knew like it, 
smelled fishy from the, from the first second I got the call. But again, my English was terrible, and they were speaking English, so <laughs> they're like, "Yeah, tell your agent that, uh, yeah, it's not going to work for the contract and whatever." So when I got the call, fast forward to that uh, call up phone call, I was like a little suspicious. <laughs> slash, I didn't understand everything he was telling me, <laughs> and. Um, He's like, uh, so uh, Scott Housen said, uh, hang on a second, I'll put Kevin Moe on the line and uh, he'll speak French to you because he's from the Montreal area. Yeah, okay. And uh, so I did talk to him for a second um, on the phone and he's like, yeah, basically uh, just drive to Ottawa and uh, hop, on the, hop on the plane. And uh, I can't remember if they said I was going to play for sure the next day, but... And I was so clueless. I remember showing up to the airport and eating a bunch of crap, you know, at the airport and burgers and poutine. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't care at the time. And, um, yeah, so I showed up at um, morning skate the next day, and uh, I still didn't know if I was going to play or not. And uh, we had the pregame meeting, and Craig McTavish walked past me, and he's like, uh, yeah, make sure you're on the ice, uh, at 10 uh, with the with the guys for the power play and uh, yeah just get ready and I'm like oh, okay I guess I'm playing tonight and uh, went on the ice and practiced with the boys and uh, I was pretty intimidated but I think everything sort of hit me when the puck dropped I was like oh my god like I'm gonna have to go on the ice in about two shifts now what am I gonna do <laughs> and uh, I thought I had the best seat in the rink and uh, then it was time to sort of I'd sort of like learned a few lessons uh, during training camp and um, I just not to be impressed and you know uh, make sure my uh, execution is like everything is like fast and quick and crisp and Because that was a few months after training camp. I feel like uh, when I uh, I spent a little bit of time there at training camp when I when I signed as a free agent, and I felt like I was getting better every day and getting used to the speed and like passes and everything. Like I said, the execution is just something else when uh, when you're uh, practicing day in and day out with those guys. And I, at some point, I got comfortable or more comfortable. And uh, then I went back to those sort of thoughts and that mindset when I uh, when I had to go on the ice and play, and I think I did all right for the most part. Did you, despite the whole experience being a whirlwind from the phone call to getting to the NHL, did you get a couple of moments to just look around and enjoy yourself? Uh, not as much as I should have, and. Uh, Now that I'm older, I, I I understand a lot more things. But at the time, it was I was young and naive, and um, like hockey was so important to me, and it was my life. But at the same time, it was a mix of I didn't want to be uh, staring at those guys like, oh my god, like love this guy, I watched him my whole life, and you know, because I'd done that during training camp, and turns out it's really not a good mindset to have when you're supposed to be playing with and against those guys. So I was like trying to block everything out and, um, but not, not as much I should, I should have or could have enjoyed a, a little more because I was fully aware that I might not ever be back, but you, you know what I mean? Like it's, you don't want to, you don't want to show up like a tourist and mm -hmm. start, you know, smelling the roses and everything and like taking pictures or whatever. Uh, so I, I did enjoy, but like everything happened so fast and, uh, yeah, again, like I said, I was just trying to block a lot of things out and focus on whatever I had to do. Sebastian, last place we wa I wanted to go with you here, you played in Wheeling, Hamilton, Stockton, Springfield. Those were the four American Hockey League organizations. When you think about the AHL, like we've had, we've had a few guys on who have told us some pretty crazy stories, but looking back at your time there, is that one that stands out as like the most minor league story possible, whether it's like a mascot getting whatever onto the ice, a big brawl in a game, a bus breaking down somewhere. Is there one that stands out to you? <laughs> yeah, well... Whatever you just listed, uh, all of the above, <laughs> but uh, everything happened like in uh, Wheeling was awesome. <laughs> uh, we, yeah, our bus broke down and the wiring like 
stuff caught on fire in the back there. Um, then, uh, I remember one time we, you know, like, uh, the, they give you uh, like your podium and then, uh, you play on the road and then, uh, every city they'll bring a menu from whatever pizza place they're, they're going to order. And then you place your order, give them money. Uh, and, uh, then the food shows up after the game. And one time, uh, our coach, uh, I guess we must've lost like, a couple of games in a row and the coach was like, yeah, I want you guys to focus and, uh, no headphones. Uh, don't be listening to your own music, uh, blah, blah, and study the stat sheets and whatever. So all the, all that talk. And then, uh, our trainer <laughs> walks in the locker room right after he's like, oh, this sort of sad look on his face. He's like, Hey boys, uh, I just want to let you know, I'm really sorry, but, uh, the restaurants out of the roast beef provolone sandwich. <laughs> so you might want to place in a new order, whoever ordered that. I thought that was pretty funny, you know, like <laughs> right after getting yelled at and make sure you're focused and think about the game. Then all of a sudden you got to start thinking about your roast beef provolone sandwich. <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't know. You kind of put me on the spot there. I should have thought, but like whatever is going on, like, and there are a lot of funny minor league stories, but, uh, in there's a lot of that in Europe too. Well, <laughs> trust me. We'll have to have you on then for part two and we'll get to, to some of the good stories. Really appreciate your time today, Sebastian. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Perfect. Good luck the rest of this year. Thank you very much. Oh, I think I cut him off a little at the end there. That's Whoops. my bad, Sebastian. Uh, big thanks to Sebastian Basalion. He played two games in the NHL as an undrafted player. The amount of people who, one, ever get a sniff of, like, even major junior hockey to then compare that to the guys who even get a sniff of the NHL, never mind undrafted guys. And now, like, he said, like, oh, I felt like I didn't deserve it playing two games. Man, that guy's been playing pro hockey for 12 years now. Now, that's what I was, that's what I was trying to say. Like, fuck that shit, man. Like, yeah. feeling like you deserve it. Of, of course, you got the chance to do something that not many players do. He went straight from junior into the NHL. It was an emergency recall, sure. But he did what he could to be prepped. He did what he could to play as best as he could. And he still has two NHL games on his resume, which not a whole lot of people do. No one's ever going to go back through his elite prospects or hockey DB page and be like, fuck that. He didn't deserve it. And then just delete them. Like those are there, man. Yeah. Like that was the only thing that I, if, if, if Sebastian and I were sitting down having a beer, I would say, man, you got to let that shit go. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think I, I do. I do admire his honesty, though. Like it is, Absolutely. it's a it, it's a neat thing. We've seen it a couple times this week in the in in the media with people being upset because they're giving some candor, and then the media is taking it and running it with it. But but it is interesting to hear his his honest answer. There, just an older way of thinking. I think there's probably a certain age group where you kind of have to go through the the rigors of of what it's supposed to be to get there before you actually believe that you should be there. And yeah. as always, I want to thank our friends at Mary Brown's Chicken and Taters for this pop-in with their bite-sized morsels, 100% breast meat chicken coated in Mary's seasonings and served hot, crispy, and oh-so-yummy. Choose Thai for a kick of sweet heat topped with sesame seeds and improve your life. Big thanks to Sebastian Basalian. Do you feel... Like, do you feel fulfilled now, Tyler? You've been talking about him for months. Yeah, man. This is a big milestone for me. I love it. I loved it. I thought that was a great chat. I like the story. Coach is in there. You guys better focus. You better be no headphones. And the trainers walked in after. Hey, guys, uh, no sandwiches. <laughs> hey, you need to check, take, take, take a look at the menu. Interesting choice, too. Like, uh, you always hear about, like, um, pasta and chicken or something. But, like, a, a roast beef provolone sandwich. Well, is, that like like a, a, is that, like, on the bus? Is that on the bus meal? That's, is like, that after the game. Like, they yeah, bring yeah, it yeah they're going to get that. Okay. probably, I mean... Well, it could be delivered, so you don't want that cold, right? Because you're going to be that toasted. It's probably really good, like out of the out of the <laughs> out of the kitchen, but you know, out of the kitchen into the car through the dressing room. Probably not going to be the greatest. You need that thing cold. Uh, and I think anyone who's played junior hockey, not that I have, but I remember I talked to Andrew Peard, who's now the voice of the Oil Kings, but he was with the White Court Wolverines for five years on the bus every away game and he's like man i never want to look at a boston pizza again in my life because after every game like you mentioned the past and stuff i think after a while you're just like kill me if i need to order off another restaurant maybe menu. what we need to do is go to our friends at skip the dishes.ca and order some roast beef and provolone sandwiches and see how they travel to us from different shops around um, the area yeah we need to find them from different spots around the area obviously there are thousands 
of restaurants listed at skipthedishes.ca. We're all hungry gentlemen. We all love a good roast beef sandwich. With cheddar and curly fries. Absolutely. You guys are just using this to plug fucking Arby's. <laughs> hey, Tyler's learning. Tyler, even though you never played junior hockey, yeah. uh, you still played hockey growing up. How would, uh, what would the reaction in the, the ride after a few losses for you be? With my, uh, with my dad? Yeah. Well, and that's, uh, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. I just assume his dad would make him run outside the car. <laughs> no, we just didn't talk. Like I, you guys keep thinking we had some, no, it would, it we'd quiet, sit in the car. It was a quiet ride. If a win or a loss, like radio on or off. Uh, no, usually on. I just, I just like the idea of dead silence Damn in there. Radio. That yeah. happened, man. Um, like I never, I always played like the low levels of hockey cause I, I, I just wasn't that good. And I was small too. Um, but I would always score a lot. That was my, I scored a, you know, it was B eight hockey, but I scored a lot. Like a I would, Kelly and I would Yamamoto score or something. Yeah. yeah, I would score four goals in a game. Sit down in the truck with my dad after, and he'd be like, "Your shifts were getting long at the end." <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Don't celebrate like a jackass. Yeah, I know. I just got excited, and that was it. Did you ever get to go to uh, BPs for a little victory dinner? Ah, uh, like just me and my dad. Yeah. Yeah, no, I remember nice. the only time we ever had a meal, just the two of us together on like a road trip. We stopped at a subway going out to a tournament in Jackson. Wow. Did you guys just stare at each other? No words exchanged at all. Just well, I get his yourself. order. He smokes a dart outside nice. and then I come back with the food. Nice. I'm really painting a poor picture of my father. He's a very loving human. Uh, just stern, serious and no we would, bullshit. We would really like to have him as a guest. I know, but this isn't, he doesn't listen to this. He listens okay. to low tide and that's it. That's okay. He can be on the podcast and does he listen to Low Tide when you're hosting or only when Low Tide's hosting? Uh, no, he, he listens when I host. Um, I also feel like he thinks there's a slight legitimacy to my career right now. And he would walk into this basement and be like, Jesus, they're not even fucking paying you, are they? These microphones aren't even plugged into anything. <laughs> Wait, you get paid for this? I want to bring things back to the Edmonton Oilers here. Obviously, we spent the first, probably longer than I thought, talking to Sebastian. He had good stories. He had long, like... With him, I wasn't sure exactly, one, how good his English would be because I never talked to him. He spent five years in France now, um, but he gave good, long answers. Yeah. His English was really, really good. So. shots at his own English speaking. Yeah, yeah and I'm like, better than us. Yeah, no kidding. I think he was just jacked up to get that type of an interview. Absolutely. Like, I mean, a lot of those guys probably don't consider their NHL team, the fans even paying attention to them beyond the time when they leave. Like, if like. Yeah, I got he probably gave up on on anybody in Edmonton who, thinking, uh, thinking about them two years after after that game i got to imagine that that yeah he he probably thinks that like when a guy if a guy ever heard and i know he heard through the grapevine through his wife uh that we had used him for the 60 day countdown mm -hmm. uh to the season uh you got to think that they probably think that that's like tongue in cheek but like literally yeah, be a rare thing i mean number 60 come on he's number 60 he's our favorite he's with a, no one will i will never have a number 60 i like more on the oilers than sebastian baselio heads and shoulders above uh today's guy <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's, he's actually he's been putting toast. He's been doing a lit. He had a couple good moments in uh, the game against. I thought he was all right against Arizona. He had a couple of nice moments against Pittsburgh. It was probably his best game. No, what? Arizona. What did he play? I don't. You know what? Actually, I don't remember. Fuck it. I take it all back. He's garbage. <laughs> Let's look ahead at tonight's game against the New Jersey Devils. Very exciting for me because it is my first time at Rogers Place this year. I'm excited about it. Going to see Tay Tay. Going to see Jack Hughes. Hey, we should uh, meet up. For a cocktail? Yeah. That'd be really nice. I'm Can I meet your dad? Uh, no, he curls tonight, so he didn't want to go to the game with me. <sighs> He's a Man, that would have been sweet. Good man. That would have been sweet. I love curling, too. Curling's great. Absolutely. The Oilers have a couple of reinforcements coming into the lineup tonight. Riley Shan's back. Josh Archibald is back. They are on a line with Jujar Kara, which is set up as the third line right now, according to Jason Greger's GDB. That's up at OilersNation.com. My question for you guys, anybody surprised about Thomas Ayerto and Colby Cave getting sent down to Bakersfield yesterday? Cave, no, Yurcho, I would like to have seen stay up. I honestly thought it would be the other way around. Yurcho really hasn't done anything since the beginning. Uh, a little flash there a couple of games. And I thought Colby Cave coming back that he, he at least could be a 13-14 type of Colby Cave I mean, McDavid with a big not goal gonna, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's not going to kill him to sit in the press box. I mean, he kind of at that point in his career where... He's a guy where you can put it be a 13, 14 uh, uh, forward. But I kind of, yeah, Yurko, whatever. He kind of had opportunities, never really took advantage of it. But as soon as Colby Cave came back, he's looked a little bit better. Therefore, that's a guy who's had the opportunity and, and kind of grabbing it and running with it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised either way. I think we can all agree Haas is probably a better player than Colby Cave with more upside, right? 
So it makes sense that he's going to stay up here and stay in the lineup. Uh, Dave Tippett seemingly really, really likes Patrick Russell. Uh, and then you kind of look who else is Yerkcho competing with. It's Kara. They're not sending down Kara anytime soon. Granlin's making 1.3 schmill. They're not going to send him down anytime soon, I don't think. And he's, so, not, kill, he's not killing any penalties. Yeah. So you can't knock those guys out. You're, only, you're really up against like two different guys. And at that point. And so what yeah. did Tibbet say at the beginning, beginning of the year when they sent down Gagne? It was, if you're going to play in our bottom six, you need to be fast or you need to kill penalties. And Yerkcho doesn't do either of those. And no. Sam Gagne, speaking of him, he is not in tonight's lineup. Which surprised me too, but I don't Again, know. Like though, I didn't like, think he was that bad in against St. Louis. But I just don't like that. That's the bar where it's like, yeah, he wasn't that bad. No, but really they need something better there. They, they I, I think Archibald coming back is a good thing for this team because he can burn, he can move, and he can you know create some shit on the forecheck. Kills penalties. Kills I would penalties like to too. See Chase on get a night off, and have. And I'd like to see Grandling get a night off, and I just don't think that's going to happen as often as it should. Well, we let's look at the lineups right now. So what we've got is the first line stays the same. Drysaddle, McDavid, Cassian. No surprise there. Neil Nuge Chase on his back together. I don't really know what I think about this trio based on the lack of speed on the wings. I like the first two guys yeah. and the third guy, yeah. I think, just doesn't kind of fit in. I think you need a better player there. And uh, when Negard gets back, I think that's kind of his spot right there. Neil just shoots the puck from everywhere, and I love that. Good. We need it. He needs yep. more of it, though. Yeah, I think I think that's bang on. And I, I'm looking. Nugent Hopkins is the guy circled tonight, right? That's who yep. everyone's going to have their eyes on. Yep. yep. Looking at the third line again, we've got Kara, Shea, and Archibald. I like that kind of setup for a for what they do. I think there's there's the opportunity. If the bottom six is going to score a goal, I'm going to guess it's them. That line's kind of been penciled together the whole time, minus all the injuries they've gone through. Shea's uh, post-practice interview from yesterday, he talked about how much those three enjoy playing together. So hopefully there's a little bit of chemistry there. On the fourth line, we've got Granlin on the left, Haas down the middle, Patrick Russell on the right side. Looking at them, I don't know where Sam Gagne fits in terms of these this current configuration. Unless, like Dan said, Chase on comes out and he slots in with Neil and Nuge, I guess. Yeah, that would have been my only move. But that's the only way you stay him and keep him in the lineup right now. He's gonna be he's gonna be the thirteenth, fourteenth kind of guy that kind of gets popped in when somebody needs to go sit upstairs. That's just what is that's what he is at this point. Yeah. Other than that, on, on this roster, there's not a lot of room for him. I'm really excited for Nygaard to get back in the lineup too. Please hurry up. They do need some speed in the lineup. They do. He definitely has that. That burn, line. So. That line needs some speed. Are you putting him that line? Or are you putting him with Nuge and Neil? Neil then? Yes, right away. So you flip Neil to the right side. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that. I like that. Off wing. So. And then you got. Then who would you go with? You'd go Shahan, Archibald, Kara if they look good, stay together. Then Haas, Chase on Russell. I guess that'd be your fourth line when Nygaard's back if you want him in the top yeah, six. Yeah, I mean, Granlund stays in, unfortunately. And, and Russell slides out. At that out. point, Russell you can start, up. you got to start looking at whether you can dump a guy like Chase on or not. Just the contract wise, not the, pl- you know. It'd be nice player, to free up the, the two mil and use it yeah. maybe somewhere else. I mean, but. we're just, you're just getting to a point right now where we have too many of the same type of players trying to fill the same spot and we're hoping for the someone to do something different when we should know that they're not. Speaking of potential and future lineup changes, friend of the nation, Reed Wilkins tweeted out this morning that Adam Larson is hoping to be back within the next week and a half or so. I think that's going to be an interesting add to the lineup because there's somebody on that right side is going to come out. Who is it going to be? Right now, you would have to think that Pearson is not really in Tippett's good books, although he is playing tonight. Could he come out? And and then Larson is then with Clefbaum leave the third pairing as it is, or does Matt Benning come out? Parison slide down. No. What do you guys think? Parison's out. I think he's in Tippett's bad books now. Parison's out. Yeah, you've got, uh, yeah, he's just not there. You're going to put, you're going to put Larson there. You've got, you kind of like what you have, where you have Benning and yeah, he's whatever. You'll put him back up in, uh, up in the booth. The only way that changes in my opinion is if you get to a point where Ken Holland has a trade offer that is like, Hey, you know, we're interested in pull you RV. Can you sweeten it? Give us Benning because we're a rebuilding team who wants a good young or a not a, a competent young right-handed shot defenseman. And there's a deal out there that improves your forward core. And you go, shit, you know what? Harrison's probably good enough to handle our third pairings if it means we're upgrading our D. But if, if, as long as Benning's in the organization, I think he's... Uh, and Tippett's spoken highly of Benning as well. He's ahead of Harrison. Um, I also want to look at, obviously, New Jersey is in town. Mm-hmm. Taylor Hall is a New Jersey devil. Is he? He was asked about potentially coming back to Edmonton again, as he always is. His comment was, I haven't even thought about it. It's too hard to rule out or in any teams at this point. Rick, go ahead. Lies. There's no way he hasn't thought about it. 
I yeah. know your answer has to be down the middle. His answer is exactly what his answer is supposed to be. But there's no fucking way he hasn't he's thought about it. Can you imagine the fire in this city if Hall would have came out today and been like, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> you, you sit there and you, you look at McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nuge. I'd love to be back in blue and orange come September next season. I think it'd be a real full circle moment for me. This city would, we'd honestly, they would be split, cancel the game tonight. We'd be split, split in two and we had to go fight each other somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or, or if he came out and was like, nah, man, shithole. Now that I'm back here, I never <laughs> want to come back again. I would like to see that kind of just candor and personality coming out in these interviews. Cause like Rick said, that's exactly the, in, the he answer. Can't. He, he just said something got <laughs> so, blown the fuck apart. Yeah. yeah, he did. Um, someone texted in today to the, to the lowdown show and they're like, Hate Hall, don't want to back cancer in the room. So I responded, I was like, prove it. And they were like, look at his body language. Wow, there's a lot <laughs> yes. of body Everyone language. Everyone who says a cancer yes. in the fucking room has no goddamn clue what they're talking about. I'm Dude, sorry. I know some of these guys. There's not that big of an issue. Yes, I'm sure he wasn't uh, all roses and very PC and all millennial hugging everybody like everybody wants nowadays. But he is what he was. He's a very, very good player on the ice. He's competitive. Yeah, he wants to win. And when he's off the ice, then you know what? He's got his own group of friends, and some guys are going to fit in. Some guys aren't. I'm guaranteed to you, he probably wasn't shitting on guys like they sh- shat on uh, Dougie Hamilton for wanting to go to uh, museums way back then. Yeah. Well, and also, if you, if you really break it down, at this point, he is a you know a 27-year-old man. He's yeah. been gone for a, a few years now. You, like, Is there no opportunity for personal growth with some people? Not in the minds of hockey fans, right? It's I'm sure there's a lot of Oilers fans who would like look at Mike Comrie still and be like, "Fucking baby," right? Like, it's got people that change, money, man. Uh, yeah, he's got that brick money. On that point, though, if Taylor Hall's 27 years old, he's almost exiting his prime at this point. Like, he's going to be a UFA for the first time in his career. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the only time he's going to be able to sign at, you know, the most lucrative contract of his career, most likely, right? Somebody yeah. will offer him. Six. He did say he's not necessarily looking for money. Do you buy that, Nicholas? Good. Um, I uh, I don't know because I think it depends on I think it depends on players. I think there there are players out there that definitely chase the paycheck and just want to get paid as much as they can. And there's going to be players that are willing to take the cut and go to a team and win a championship. You know, case in point, Marion Hosa kind of thing, right? I, I players are just as different as human beings are, right? Like some people care about the glory and the legacy, and some frankly don't, and that's okay. Some guys thrive playing in a, in a place like Edmonton or Montreal or Toronto where there's a lot of pressure to succeed. And some guys don't. And that's fine. Like, whatever. They, they're, they're entitled to follow whatever they want. And when you get to free agency, you're entitled and, you're, and you have the, the right to pursue whichever avenue you, you choose. And the way I look at it for Taylor Hall, if you've only ever played for two organizations in your life and now you have the opportunity to be a free agent, why are you going back to the first one you went to? And why... Because there's uh, nothing just, like your first love. I you know? know, but I'm just saying, like, for a guy who has made the playoffs once in his career, went through a tire fire here, and now is going through the same thing in New Jersey, yeah, things are better here now that we have McDavid and Drysaddle, but why put yourself through that again? Why, why, why open those old wounds? Like, just for him, for his sake... Just go to like Florida. Maybe or like he just, go to Tampa Bay or you know what I mean? Like maybe he just Dallas. knows how good life can be at the pint and he just wants to come oh, back sh- home. I'm, you know? I'm, I guarantee you he, he knows that. Uh, but I don't know. Am I out to lunch here? Like, I don't know. I just I don't I think know. it's kind of weird to just be like, I played for Edmonton. Yeah, he didn't want to leave here. We went to New Jersey. Now he's a chance to come back. But like, I don't know. Try something else. Edmonton's trending up. Yeah, I mean, I think it when is. you when you mention him taking less money, I don't think he's going to look at Edmonton or any contender and be like, eight and a half mil, and you got me. Especially when there's going to be a team that offers him 11. I think it'll. I think him saying it's not about money, he wants to go somewhere where he fits in and can contend, I think that's him saying, if one team's offering me 11, but the team offering like 10 or 10 and a half is a better fit, I'm not just going to the highest bidder here. Yeah, I almost guarantee you that he's the type of guy who would take a little bit less to go to a better team right now. And that's the thing, like Panarin did it. The Islanders offered him more money, but he was like, no, I want to be a Ranger. So he took whatever it was, 400K less, and he went to be a Ranger. What and, a gentleman. And some of these guys, they want to be uh, they want to be looked at all the time. You want to be yeah. playing in a market that is, yeah, that's what you're there for. He he probably go anywhere he wants right now, and no one's going to notice who the hell he is. Right? He, but he could come here and just and just run the city and just be part of it and just look at the 80s team, man. Like everyone worked together back then. Yeah. I don't see why they can't do it now. 
Changing gears a little bit, I need to get to Sherwood Ford's giant. Giant, 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 giant. Question of the day. Tyler put this out on ON Radio Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. Which goalie has impressed you more? We're going to play a little game here. Dan, look away from my screen. I'm not looking at the screen. I'm going to read you out the two goalie stats, and you're going to tell me who is who. One goalie has a 2.46 goals against average with a 9.17 save percentage. The other has a 2.22 goals against average with a 9.26. Rick has his hand up in the air. He knows the answer to who is who. Yeah, I, I think I know who too. Let's go with the first one. We're going to go with the 2.46 goals against and a 9.17 save percentage. Daniel, what do you say? That's Mike Smith. No, that's Miko, isn't it? Everybody, we got a split room here. Nick, what do you think? Man, I wrote an article about this last week, but I haven't checked since last game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say it's Mike Smith. So the 917, we think it's Mike Smith. And Rick. we've got a Miko over here with I Tyler. Think it's Miko. It's Mike. So three Mikes. I just know Miko. Miko. Miko's the better five on five goaltender, is what I know for sure. We got three Mikes and a Miko. That is Miko Koskin, and he is at a 246 okay, goals go. against average with a 917. He is getting the start tonight in. Against the against the devil. So the question is, who's impressed you more overall? Tyler, I'm going to start with you. Even though his numbers aren't as pretty, it's Mik- it's Miko Koskinen to me. I think a lot of people were shitting on him coming into the year. A lot of the people, while they didn't expect Mike Smith to be top 10 in goals against and save percentage, they're expecting him to be a calming veteran presence between the pipes. I just think the way Miko's come out and and kind of proved his doubters wrong from last season has, has, been, uh, has been really impressive to me. He's stolen them a couple games. Now, so is Smith. Like, this isn't me. I don't want to take jabs at Mike Smith with this. Wow, but you hate they, Mike Smith. They've yeah, both been very anti-Mike Smith. This, this is the whole, like, now I don't want to come across offensive, but... Yeah. No, it, and Mike... side, God Both it. goalies have been unbelievable. Mike Smith's I just, been better. Mike Smith has been, uh, a, or sorry, Miko Koskin has been a little bit more surprising to me Mike in the way Smith he's performed. Nick, what do you think? Um, I think they've obviously both have holy exceeded. it's well, not about who's better side. dan let the question is surprise wow, maybe i'll pick a side if you let me fucking talk mm-hmm. um i think both it's fair to say both have been impressive since they both had awful seasons last year they did um but i think it is miko koskinen because just the amount of trash he got uh finishing the season off because people for i mean maybe they don't forget but mike smith was the best player for the flames in the playoffs last year no doubt so even though Una didn't. It was six six games, maybe even five games. But it's a pretty small sample but size. He, he was he finished off the season strong. Miko Koskinen did not. He was overworked for sure. But coming to the year, everyone all anyone talked about was how bad the contract was. How Shrelly in his last hurrah screwed us for the one last time. And yeah, he's been great. The, the two of them have played well as a tandem, no doubt. Um, it's just it'll it. It'll be interesting to see if one of them really, really starts to falter and then yeah. we have to rely on the other and if they can sustain this because I think they've just benefited from being able to play off each other. Smith is the more surprising one to me because he's a veteran guy. He's a guy that came in and Calgary fans were laughing at us because we made this move. They thought he was but They picked up Talbot, meanwhile. Fuck Calgary Talbot. fans. Mm-hmm. Um He's a guy that has come in and he surprised me even more so, I think, for his leadership ability. I didn't, I didn't, I followed him throughout his career. He was in Dallas, he was in, uh, in Phoenix, all that kind of thing. But I, I didn't realize how much of a stabilizing factor he is for his team. And, and now when I see it with us, it's like, it's just, it's so refreshing to watch a goalie just kind of take, take the, take the reins and take control of, of the thing in his end of the ice. I appreciate, then, pa- uh, I appreciate his passion as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then it's, it's the plays, it's the little plays here and there where like the puck gets cleared on our power play and it's like, oh yeah, we have Mike Smith out there and he can play the puck right up to the boys at the blue line again kind of thing. And he gets an assist and he's already got, you know, one third of Milan Lucic's output down in Calgary mm. this year. So it's just, I think. I, I don't disagree with your guys' points, but I just I'm more pleasantly surprised with Mike Smith than I have been with Keys, with Miko so far. Rick, it's a nice explanation, but you're wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, Mike Smith's already done this before, so him going back to where he's been before is uh, less of a surprise to me than seeing uh, Miko do what he's doing right now. Uh, like I said, yeah, Mike's done this before. You, he had a bad year. And we kind of all assume that it's probably a low, a low mark on his career. He's the type of guy who's not going to accept that. He's the type of guy who's going to want to go out there and redeem himself. And that's exactly what he's doing right now. But either way, both goaltenders, they are doing what they're doing because the defensemen are better. This has to, I think this has a lot more to do with the six guys in front of them 
than it is to do with those goaltenders themselves. Don't get me wrong. What they've been doing is fantastic. But the fact that we can play a better defensive style game and those defensemen in front of them are better, that is what's making the overall in goaltending better. I don't know. Five look at, on look five. What last year when the goaltenders went down, when all the defensemen went down. Bang, right there. We went and shit the bed after that. Yeah, but there's been so many games this year where we've just let the we guys We haven't played shelled. so many games this year. There's five been, on five shots against per 60. Where do you think the Oilers rank? 30th. For uh, four or against? Shots against. Okay. How many shots do they allow at oh. five on oh, five I'm per gonna game? Say, I'm going to say bottom third for sure. We the Oilers have, the, have allowed the fourth least shots against. Really? Oh. Wow, a couple unless, of bad games. Unless but, I sorted it the wrong way. But even even those games where <laughs> even those games where there was like what 40, 49 and fifty two <laughs> shots or something stupid like that, they were not like fifty two shots we've seen before where they're just kind of getting bombarded and it was just like there's lots of the outside. It was just going, 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 going. A lot of those. I was talking to Mandy's about this after that one game, uh, the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, they had a they had a shit ton of shots, but it didn't feel like they had that many shots. Like, yeah, you know what? We didn't have a lot of uh, a lot of play, but it was not that dangerous. I and that is the guys that play one. in front of them. I disagree on that. It's game two. No, it's you can because there's two of oh, us. Oh, I can. And no, I no, did. It's, this is a democracy, and there's two of us saying yes, and you saying no. <laughs> two <laughs> saying, uh, I was right. The Oilers have a lot. The fifth, fifth, fourth, thief. 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 the fifth, fourth, thief. Thief. <laughs> fourth least shots against per sixty. At I don't five believe you because Mandrick isn't here to tell me that he's voting with me. But the Penguins, that Penguins game, there was a lot of chances, especially right in front of the net. Crosby had a chance wide open in front of the net. Crosby's going to get chances. That's when you can't stop that. But what I'm saying is it wasn't like you weren't sitting there holding your breath going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my I God, oh, my God. No, I absolutely I, They're 14th no in scoring you're, you're, you chances against and top 10 in high danger chances against. They limit chances. 100%. The goaltenders are doing a fantastic job. They but are. this is definitely because... Very much help because the defensemen are better. Every team gives up breakaways and two on ones and good Especially chances, the right? We have uh, one more sponsorship segment to take care of, correcto? We do, my friend. Get your buttons ready. It is time for the Tourism Jasper Hot and Cold Performer of the Week. Burr. We are going to start off down the table with Rick. I want to know we are going to start off with the bad news first this week. Who is your cold performer? Of the week, I think the cold has. To, I'm going to go along with Coach Tip here. Oh, and it's cold. uh, it's 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 Pearson. He's had an opportunity to become a become a real staple in that spot, and he hasn't really had a he hasn't taken it. To be fair, though, do you like? Do you think maybe he was thrown into the deep end of the pool before he was necessarily ready? He's playing with he's playing big minutes alongside Clefbaum. Okay, but so's the uh, 74 ahead of him. Hmm. Like, I mean, there is, that is, that is honestly uh, an excuse or a reason, but I don't think it's enough of one. This guy's come in here. He's, he was being expected to take a top six spot to begin with. And now he's being given a hell of an opportunity. And I just don't think he's grabbing it and running with it. Dan, your cold performer of the week. I'm sticking with the prospects. Yes, I love this. And so it's actually somebody that I had a lot of high hopes for this year. It's Kirill Maximoff. There you go. He's got, he had, after having 79 points in 63 games last year in the OHL in his final year, he's now at the Condors and he's got a big fat zero points through nine games. So he's, he's, uh, he's playing low. He's playing low in the lineup, but he's not getting anything done down there. And, and, you know, for a guy that had a lot of, a lot of promise in his overage year, he's, uh, he's not showing it so far. We got to show a little patience for the kid. I'm not saying, I'm not saying get rid of him. I'm just saying he's the cold performer of the week. Cold performer of the week. That is true. This is a friendly reminder that Dan did say no, Leon Dreisaitl no, should be in the AHL last year. No, I was hacked. As far as hot takes go, that one last was year. No, hold on. scorching. Yeah, at the beginning of last season. Okay. This is, remember, this is only uh, Oilers Nation Radio episode 60 part 2. So That's fair. That's we, fair. We can't go back that far. Nick good at the end of the table. Who is your cold performer of the week? Oh, man. It, it's got to be... Your show, right? I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. Does that mean my answer sucks? I think Nick, took that, I think Nick <laughs> took that really personally. Yeah. No, that that just means your show's performance was bad. Uh, Go ahead. I, I, he just he, you know, he's had top six uh, opportunities. He's had opportunities up and down the lineup, and then he sees himself getting waved. I mean, there's nothing, ain't nothing colder than that. Mm-hmm. Tyler, you're up. Cold performer of the week. I am not going with a player. Okay. Ooh. 
I like this. After watching the games this week, mm-hmm. my cold performer of the week is without a doubt, and you guys got to let me go for a second here, the NHL officials. Burr. Not the, the McDavid. O, take the McDavid O'Reilly thing out of this, guys, and let me go off on a rant here. It's an absolute joke. The amount of shit that NHL star players need to deal with on a nightly basis. And we see it as Oilers fans. We see Drysettle going in on a partial two or on a partial breakaway. And whoever on St. Louis decides, well, if I just grab his arm, the refs aren't going to call it. We had McDavid going down against Ekman Larson. We had Drysettle going down against Ekman Larson against Arizona. Clear-cut lanes to the net. They're about to drive wide, and they just hold on and go for the ride. And the refs don't call it because, for some reason, hockey culture has this idea that good players just need to play through it, and the game is gritty. And all you're doing by not calling this is you're lessening the skill gap, and you're cheapening the product of the NHL. The officials have been guilty of it for a long time. Go look at the top 10 guys in terms of penalty drawn penalties drawn this year. You barely see any star players littered in that mix. Connor McDavid's not in there, and he probably does actually have the most drawn penalties in the NHL. They don't get called. Refs turn blind eyes to skilled players, and it needs to fucking stop. Spicy, my friend. Thank you. Wow. Shout out to Gritty in there. I like that. My cold performer of the week is going to also not be a player, but more two players. And you wouldn't necessarily expect them to be cold performers. I'm going to put my cold performer of the week at Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl wow. being infinitely readable on two-on-ones. Okay. Everybody knows if Connor has the puck, he is going to try to feed it across crease to Leon you, or vice versa. There was a two-on-one. Connor McDavid. No, 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 no. <laughs> there was a two-on-one as an example against St. Louis where Leon was coming in with Sam Gagne on a two-on-one, and he tries to pass across. Dudes, this is, my, this is me begging you. You are easily the best players on the ice. Shoot the fucking puck, man. If you're going to pass, why not let's try one of those things where they shoot low on the goalie's pads and fish for rebounds. Why don't we try to mix it up a little bit? I just feel like those two are so good. And again, don't shit on me if you're listening to this. No shit on them. You can shit on me if you want. I'm just saying, I wish they would mix it up a little bit more than always looking for the pass. They are so good. They are so much better than everybody else that always looking for the pass on a two-on-one is my cold performance of the week. I'll give you that too with Leon passing to Sam Gagne. I don't even get a shooting. I don't even get a button because Tyler's not even listening to this podcast Tyler's anymore. Upset. Oh, he's he's looking at his phone bill from the Sebastian Vassalion. It call. only cost me five bucks in uh, Skype money. All right, on the good news, everybody. Tourism Jasper Hot and Cold Performers of the Week coming at you right now. Since Tyler's not paying attention, I'm going to start with him and his hot performer of the week. My hot. Actually, I'm surprised that. Did anyone go with Nugent Hopkins for their cold performance? Yeah, I was going to call out. Yeah, that, not doing um, that, but he loves Nugent. So yeah, I was going to. to. If you want, we can talk about Nugent to end off this podcast, but okay, hot enough. performer of the week. Go ahead. My hot performer of the week is Zach Cassian. This is hot. He's been very good in my eyes. They moved him off McDavid's line for a little bit, and he continued to be effective. I liked the look of him next to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I thought he injected Neil and Nuge with a little bit of energy, and then they put him back with McDavid and Dreisaitl, and he scores. Simple as that. Hot performer, Zach Cassian. Keep it up, 44. Nikolaus Good, your hot performer of the week. It's got to be Gaetan Haas. First NHL goal. Gaetan Haas is playing unreal out of all the... uh unknown european guys and we brought in quite a few or i mean we didn't ken holland did but you know we called him a couple times gave him told him what we thought was up uh, but no gaetan haas has been probably w- one of the more uh, impressive ones out of them uh he's on the right side of possession numbers as far as the team goes with expected goals percentage in Corsi, and he's playing a bottom six role so he's doing exactly what uh dave tippett had I think it was Tyler that I had mentioned before where you got in the bottom six, you got to have speed and kill penalties, play well defensively. He's been doing that. So Gaetan Haas. Daniel, Daniel, your hot performer of the week. Well, bag milk. I'm afraid to point this one out because now Rick's going to want to call him up too, but it has to be Tyler Benson. I did suggest bringing him up (laughs) with two goals and an assist in his last week. He is the hot performer in Baco. Rick, you're a hot performer. I don't performer. get a button. I don't get a button. No button. Tyler. That's hot. That was a Sorry. charity button there. The charity was. button. Rick, you're a hot performer. 
Well, it wasn't the greatest week, so there really is no uh, pumping anyone's tires here. But I will say someone who's kind of getting by without doing too many negatives. There's no real positives to him, but we'll give it to uh, young Patrick Russell. He's just, like I said, he's just kind of getting the job done out there. This is I wait for a good spot to oh, throw that's it in. Fair, that's fair. Yeah, no, I, uh, like I said, he, like, not a lot of positives, but there's no there's very little negatives out of the guy. Um, he's undersized. He's out there. He's always trying. It's, he's giving it his all. But uh, after this kind of week, there's not really too much to say. My hot performer of the week is going to go to Oscar Clefbaum. He's, That's really hot. He's leading the team in average time on ice. He's playing massive minutes in all situations. 25-42 right now. The other night against St. Louis, he played almost 28 minutes. He is a massive, massive part of a revamped, defensive core and have you seen his abs lately should i no. tweet the image a was, little bit more was he not your hot performer of the week last week he, what's wrong with some cleft bomb love I'm, I'm, no i'm just curious i mean have you looked at him i i mean god he's glorious i have my opinions but i'll keep them to myself he is a Off finely mic. sculpted Why? tell piece us of marble. No, tell us you can't pressure me all right i'll get well. you sick again dan Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still Oscar Clefbaum is my hot performer of the week. That was hot. That's hot. Do you even of, know what the simple life is, Tyler? No. Okay. <laughs> just a real, a couple of real quick items just to wrap up this week's podcast. The trip to Calgary is what, Dan? About half sold? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's flying off the shelves. We are going down to Calgary on January 11th. That is up. Go to BacksideTours.com to get your tickets. We now have a link set up if you are in Calgary and you just want a ticket to sit with us. So that is set up down there. You can also go to OilersNation.com. Check out my article on that. We are going to Calgary. I also want to give, we got a note, uh, Jay, Nick, I don't remember who was, we were all there last night. We have a scout friend over in Finland right now who's looking at Jesse Pooley-Arvey and we asked for a scouting report on him and it was a simple three-letter scouting report. Meh. Not ideal. However... One assist in a four-goal game for the Finns. When asked about it, he said, people are definitely interested in Jesse, but I don't know how much anyone wants to pay to get him. So there's a don't like fins anyway, so I'm going to take that little uh, grain of salt. <laughs> so there's a uh, there's a quick Jesse Pooley-Arvey update. And again, if you want to talk about a cold performer of the week, Tourism Jasper, you can put Ryan Nugent Hopkins on there. Everybody's talking about it. Tough week. It's a tough, tough week for Nuge. He had some horrible giveaways against St. Louis to end off that game, especially when the net pulled. Nobody is going to deny that. Tyler and I were going into it on the beat cast after the game. Can on I Instagram. come on again today? Yeah, I, who knows what time I'm going to record though tonight because I'm going to the game. Uh, so I'll be. Going we should home meet up at Rogers. We could, and then have the Oilers kick us out for broadcasting live in the arena. Wouldn't be the first time I broadcasted live in there. So yeah, Nuge has had a rough week, but I'm going to go ahead and make a bold prediction for tonight that he scores a goal, and not only does he score a goal, it is going to be a five-on-five five goal. Love it. That's all for episode sixty, part deux. This is Oilers <laughs> Nate. Sorry. This is Oilers Nation Radio. Tell a friend about it. Tell your parents. Tell anybody you know to download, subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts from. Shout out, Damien. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. 